Hey there, and welcome to another Change Catalyst conversation where we talk about anything and everything that has to do with building cohesive, vision-driven teams that make sustainable change happen, even when change seems impossible. I'm Casey Watts, Impact Coaching Consultant and the host of this show. What I know from experience is that making change happen can be overwhelming and downright hard. Sometimes as an instructional leader, you survey your organization from a bird's eye view, and it can seem as though you're witnessing an anthill that's been knocked down and ants are scattering everywhere. No one has a collective understanding of why change should happen or what change to begin first. You notice false starts again and again because a solid action plan hasn't been crafted or you're met with resistance because you don't know how to motivate such complex people. The thing about ants though, is that they have one common goal and that is to collectively rebuild one solid anthill. But this doesn't always happen for schools. You see, we can say as much as we want that tier one instruction needs to happen or that a curriculum needs to be implemented with fidelity or that PLCs need to be collaborative and support student learning. But these broad, ambiguous goals do nothing to help teachers and staff build capacity and actually make change happen. And that leads to schools remaining in a cycle of stagnancy experiencing the same problems and ineffectively repeating the same initiatives again and again. This leads to low morale, burnout, high turnover, and it leaves our students to suffer most. But if instructional leaders can get really clear on a narrowed instructional focus and script the critical moves for people, then we can make collective efficacy a united colony of educators, if you will, possible. My goal is to make cohesive, vision-driven school teams a possibility. I help school leaders zoom out to cast vision and then zoom back in to script critical moves that help teams collectively go farther, faster, and better, even when change seems impossible. One way I do this is by coaching leaders through the Clarity Cycle Framework, a cycle for building sustainable capacity through intentional clarity processes. Are you ready to feel great about exactly where you and your campus are headed? And are you ready to know exactly how you're going to get there? If so, you're going to want to stop right now and head to catchingupwithkc.com to learn more about the Clarity Cycle Framework and then come back to catch up on this episode. It'll still be here when you get back. Okay, now that you are primed for thinking about cohesive vision-driven teams that make change happen, let's jump into this week's Change Catalyst conversation. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. I have a great guest, Carly Delo, who is going to be sharing some really cool things. Carly, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I am wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm probably a little bit more stoked than other people about this episode. Like, I think I'm interested to hear for myself what it is that you have to share so I can go back to school this week and really implement some cool things. So um, tonight, we are going to hear from Carly Dilo, who's going to share with us about ways leaders can embrace 
technology. So Carly, I'm going to hand it over to you and I want you to share a little bit about who you are, what it is you do and what brings you to this episode. All right. Well, um, I thank you for having me. First of all, yeah. I'm also really excited to be here. And um, I am an instructional coach uh, with a specialty in technology, and I work in a very small rural school district in mid Michigan. We are literally in the middle of a cornfield. Um, so it is it is out there. Um, and then also, in addition to that, um, I create content online for teachers all over. Um, and I focus on tech tips. Uh, so I'm on TikTok, which I never thought <laughs> I never thought that was going to be the one of the big platforms for me. But um, talk about embracing technology. You know, it yeah. was just it was something that I decided to embrace. So um, yeah. TikTok and Instagram. And I try to focus on just tech tips and ways to help teachers. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure that lots of those tech tips for teachers translate really well to instructional leaders as well and teams. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at my district, I not only coach the teachers, but I coach leaders, I coach administrators. Um, and, you know, I think that it's just as important for leaders and administrators to be familiar with these tools for a lot, for a lot of the same reasons that using technology is important for teachers. So, yeah, absolutely. OK, let me let me ask you this, because you said you never thought you would be on TikTok and I'm not on TikTok, but. I've considered, I've actually tried it once, but my children said who are all teenagers, they're like, I mean, it looks like you're straight up from the nineties trying to do a TikTok. And I was like, all right, well, maybe it's not for me, yeah. but have you, I know you have, you've gotten on threads, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, I'm there. Yep. Tell me your thoughts on threads. So I think threads is similar to Twitter, right? Uh -huh. um, and I feel like it's, I like, I like it because it's a little, it's a little quieter and less overwhelming than Twitter. I feel like, you know, Twitter's just like, there's just so many things. Um, and with threads, it's a little more slow paced. I don't know if it's going to stay that way, yeah. but for now I like it. And um, I thought it was at least worth a try. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how are you using threads though? Because I still haven't quite figured that out. Um, you know, with threads, I almost have started using it as a way to get ideas mm -hmm. um, about what people need and what people want. Okay. So I've been asking questions like, what are some questions that you have about Canva yeah. or um, how, like one in particular is um, elementary teachers. I want to know how elementary teachers are using AI and if it's as relevant with secondary teachers, because that's going to be an important topic this fall. So yeah. I've been trying to use it that way and then also share resources and just connect with other people. So, yeah. okay, awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing more of what you post on threads because I'm watching everybody else and I'm thinking, how am I going to use it? Because I originally I was like, okay, I guess I'll use it the same way I use Instagram and post content. But then I kind of shifted to just like, I'm just going to post a random like you know, here's what's going on today. Or it's really hot, by the way, everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay, awesome. So I've got some people in the comments. I'm excited you guys are here tonight. Hey, Teresa, super excited that you are here. Now, what I want to start with, Carly, is asking you what role you think leadership plays in, um, or what role technology plays in leadership or teams if we were to embrace it. Okay, so 
it's, it's such a big question, you know, and, and I'm a firm believer that technology is not a magic wand for anyone. Um, and so it's not going to, if, you know, if there's an ineffective leader, if they use technology, it's not going to all of a sudden poof, you know, um, make them great at what they do. So at the, at the heart of it, you know, is still, you have to think about what makes a good leader and then think about how technology can kind of enhance that. And I feel the same way when thinking about technology and education, you know, it's all about, you can have a great lesson. You can, um, have a great meeting. If you know, you're, you're having a meeting, you can do all of those things with or without technology, but it's about how to use it to enhance things. So when I think about, you know, the top ways that leaders can use technology is really, it comes down to efficiency and communication. So I think those are two things that, you know, technology just, it can help us do those things much better. Yeah. Um, and you know, think about, let's, let's think about, for example, a, just a a meeting, which is something leaders have to do all the time, run a meeting. And we think about a meeting where there's absolutely no technology involved. So Mm -hmm. we've got like a paper agenda and people are, everyone's like taking notes on that. Um, Everyone's doing, writing down something different. And then at the end of the meeting, you feel like you've problem solved, you've come up with a solution and you walk away and then people lose their notes Um, again, everybody has, there's so much that gets lost in translation. So everybody Mm -hmm. took away a different big thing from that meeting. Um, and then, you know, let's move to the middle. Like, let's say a leader uses some technology and we've got, Mm -hmm. you know, a digital agenda, um, and maybe some, one person's taking notes for everyone, you know, in that case, we've got at least one place where everyone can go. We're not going to lose, uh, the ideas that, that came about in the meeting and we're all more on the same page. So I know you talk a lot about clarity and I feel like there's a huge application like that, that goes hand in hand with technology can provide more clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if we think about taking it to the next level and we think about an agenda that is not just a static thing, but it's interactive and everybody can add to it. Um, I mean, there's so much you can do now with just Google, Google Docs, for example. So you can have everyone add their ideas. You can assign tasks to other people in Google Docs that will show up on their personal task list. So they don't even have to come back to that document anymore. There's interactive links, you know, so it helps teachers navigate. There's just so many things that can take, you know, a really let's a really good meeting um, with technology being used to enhance it, it just does provide more clarity and efficiency and, and better communication overall. Yeah, man, I just, I'm getting excited hearing you talk about some of this because I think about, I think about clarity and I think about collaboration and I, to an extent, it almost seems like some people feel like when we put technology in place in a variety of different ways, we're taking away collaboration from people, but What is actually happening, and I feel like technology is enhancing this, is we're enhancing our ability to collaborate. But people have to know how to use the tools and they have to know how to use them well so that it's not a hindrance to them, but it's also just, you know, it makes things more accessible. And I think that's the tricky part. It is. And 
you know, I think that when it comes to choosing tech tools, a common mistake that people make is they pick, like, I want to pick the newest, fanciest tech tool. Mm -hmm. And let's all use this, even though it takes five clicks to even get from point A to point B. And then you're also walking around helping everybody who can't get in because they, you know, all of, all of those things that happen. Yeah. um, I think that could be avoided by keeping it more simple Mm -hmm. and sticking with tools that are within your team's platform. So if you're using, if you're a Google, um, if you all use Google Workspace, stick with that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, which, you know, when I say that to people, they're like, well, you're a tech person. Don't you have like, you know, the, your top 10 tech tools? And I'm like, well, it depends on what you already have and what people know how to use. Because there's every time you use technology, like I like to encourage people to do almost a value cost analysis. Mm. And maybe that's just because how, how my brain works. I'm very like logical, but, um, but what's going to be the added value of this tech tool and what's going to be the cost and is the value going to outweigh those costs? And so that's a really important thing to think about when you're choosing a a tech tool. Yeah, that is Awesome. Okay. So if you are here with us live tonight, what I would love for you to do is put in the comments, actually some of your favorite tech tools. And you might even put in the comments, like how it has added value, or if there is a tech tool that you have used that you feel like has cost your organization Mm -hmm. or you time, or it's cost you energy, or it has cost you frustration, Put that in the comments too. And that's something, Carly, that we can be looking at and um, talk about. So I want to talk about this. We, there are a lot of leaders uh, and teachers for that matter, who shy away from embracing technology. And I think for for a good portion of the time, we're probably going to notice that it is more veteran teachers or more veteran leaders But sometimes even the younger generation really wants to be hands off of technology. So tell us a little bit about what you think causes people to shy away from it instead of embracing it. I think that, you know, whenever you're using something that's new to you, it there's there's fear involved. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's, you know, there's the unknown and a a truth about using technology is you have to expect it to fail. (laughs) So if you, so that goes under the cost, you know, (laughs) side every single time, that's one of the costs. And um, you also have to be prepared for that reality and you have to be prepared. So it takes some vulnerability Mm -hmm. and it takes learning. And if something goes wrong, when you're using, especially as a leader, you're using technology in front of, you know, all these other people and something goes wrong. It can be embarrassing, but it's also a really good opportunity to model vulnerability and risk taking. Um, And, you know, just being honest about that whole process, I think is really helpful, but it's hard for leaders to do that. um, Mm -hmm. And that's understandable. So I think baby steps is, is a good approach. Um, Yeah. But you're also modeling for everybody when you when that happens, you're modeling for everyone that you're you're willing to do that and take those risks. And um, sometimes, you know, things might not go as planned, uh, but but that's okay. 
Yeah. Um, so it's funny. My husband, my husband works from home most of the time and he will have meetings with his staff. And I heard someone recently say, and I've heard it before many times, like, I don't do technology. You guys know I don't do technology. And a little part of me was thinking, and maybe was, this was a little bit of a cynical part of me, but I was like, you know, in this day and age, you really can't afford to say, I don't do technology. Like it is, it is really and truly just a way of our life now. And when we say, I don't do technology, you're putting up a barrier that causes it to be really challenging or for you to actually embrace whatever it is that needs to be embraced that could potentially help your life be a little bit easier and more efficient. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I, you know, I hear that, that statement sometimes too, and it's just what you were saying about, you know, you don't really have the option anymore. We used to talk about technology integration and now it's more like immersion, you know, we're immersed in technology. Mm -hmm. So if you are refusing to use it, um, just, just the communication piece alone, it's going to take people more time to communicate with you and it's not going to be as effective. Um, and then the other thing that popped into my mind right away was, uh, growth, growth mindset, fixed mindset, you know, absolutely. Um, And it's something that you can learn and you do improve, um, over time as you, as you practice and, you know, continue to try to learn. Yeah. And we're thinking about our next generation of students, like, our students are already immersed in technology and will be even more so as they get older and graduate and move on into their careers, careers that haven't even been created yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we're really doing them a disservice when we step back from it instead of stepping into it. I agree. And, you know, our students these days, like they do use technology, but Mm -hmm. we want to show them how to use it in a positive way to learn and to be creative and communicate. Mm -hmm. And so our teachers have to do that, right? Teachers have to help students learn how to use tech tools in that way. So the leaders should also be modeling that for teachers as well. Mm -hmm. How can we as a team use technology to be creative, to be better communicators, to, you know, critically think and, and all of those. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, so let me ask you that question of favorite tech tools. Like, and I know there are so many probably and for different, um, like a variety of reasons. But if you're thinking about leaders and Mm -hmm. teams and how they collaborate together, what would you say are favorites? I bet I can name one is probably Google Docs. Yes, absolutely. Or anything Google, really. Yes, I'm a big fan of Google Workspace um, because of the versatility. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, thinking about it from a leader perspective, like I do have my own favorite tech tools and I'll share those. But from a leader's perspective, first look at what your team uses. And if that's Microsoft, learn that tool because yeah. there's a lot within Microsoft you can do. If you use Google, stick within that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, that value cost analysis, how much time is it going to take people to get to that tool? Um, And if it's already within your platform, it's probably going to save you time. 
So um, a great example, you know, Fig Jam is a new collaboration. Have you heard of Fig Jam? I have not. Okay. It's really cool. It's like this collaborative whiteboard space type of um, thing. And you can set it up in advance and have everybody add sticky notes. It's really cool. Um, but if you're a Google school and you could do the same thing in Google Docs or with Jamboard, which is already in that suite, it's going to yeah. probably take five less minutes, you know, to get everybody on that. So just kind of keep that, I guess, always keep that in mind, um, especially for people who are newer to it. Um, but yeah, as far as my favorites, yeah, Google Docs, I feel like has a lot to offer and they're adding more every day. So at this point, there are, you can add voting chips to okay. Google Docs if you have Google Education Plus. So yeah. imagine like before a meeting, here's an idea what do you think about it? You know, and people can vote. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before the meeting yeah. even happens and add your concerns and yeah. um, all of those things before the meeting. So um, that you can add now a stopwatch or a timer into your agendas with Google docs. Um, you can add like they have, they have building blocks. Mm -hmm. So you can even add like a, a project, you know, like a, a project. Um, I'm blanking on the words. Um, but Mm-hmm. Like an action, right? An action, like an action work. plan with all the steps and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. It has a, it has a word. Project management. Does. No, that's yes. Right. Yeah, Road maybe that is it. Project roadmap. There you go. Yes, that's it. So there's there's so much, and if you are not, if you don't have access to those tools and feature, or in, in if you don't have access to those features in Google, I do have a recommendation. It's a newer tool, and it's called um, Coda.io. And how do you spell it? C-O-D-A dot oh. I-L. Okay. I put it in the chat. Perfect. Coda and that, yep. And that has um, those voting chips. It okay. has um, ways that people can add, like there, there's like a little sentiment tracker. So you can, what is, you know, how do you feel about this on a scale of one to five smiley faces or yeah. whatever emoji you want? Yeah. Um, so that's something I played around with a lot uh, at the at the end of last school year. But then Google came out with all these tools. And I'm, and again, because that's within our platform mm -hmm. that we are using, I'm going to lean towards that. So, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. OK, I love this idea so much about like doing some pre-work before a meeting. I presented at uh, the Simply Coaching Boot Camp this past week. And one of the sessions was all about PLCs and teams, uh, like team planning meetings. And one of the things we talked about was if you, one of the things I told people is before you have the meeting, you need to anchor to a why for the meeting. And if you cannot name the meeting and you cannot anchor to the why, then maybe you don't need to have the meeting in the first place. And you could resort to something like email or Marco Polo or whatever. But thinking about everything that you shared about what you can do in Google Docs, man, there, there's so much you can do there without having to take time to pull people together. And or if you do that pre-work, when you get to the meeting, it's like we're diving in and we're doing the heart of the work there and really saving time for other things that maybe need to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a really important piece of that, which you 
um, mentioned, you know, what's the why, what's the purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it's important to explain to people the purpose of the pre-work. Yep. Because if, if you just put it out there, a lot of times people might think like, oh, why do I have to do work before the meeting? But if they know that it's actually going to save time and make the meeting more productive, it changes the attitude of everyone. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to show a comment. So I see Teresa saying she loves using Canva and just some good old Google forms and slides. And then Alyssa said their organization uses OneDrive for agendas. The agendas have three columns, discussion, notes, and actions. And she's been using ChatGPT to help college students study on certification exams. Um, And she said, don't have a buddy. Let me introduce you to AI. So tell me about how you think leaders can best utilize AI and really any of the thoughts that you have about AI. Yeah. So I love how she described that. Don't have a buddy. Let me introduce you to AI. I think there's a huge misconception that AI using AI is cheating. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of people think about AI tools as a way to just generate text. Um, I think the most powerful way to use it is as a brainstorming buddy, Mm -hmm. Um, as someone, you know, as something that you can bounce ideas off of something that pushes you outside of your normal thought patterns Um, And just to kind of tie back to um, you were talking about purpose and why one of my so do you know about the five whys? Have you heard of that strategy? Simon Sinek. Yes. Yes. And so. But yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite this is newer, um, a newer strategy I adopted, but I love doing the five whys with, you know, during a, a meeting planning process or right now we're planning back to school PD. So we go through the five whys. And then I take the five whys and I put it into chat GPT. I put our responses there and I ask it to try to come up with a summarizing, you know, uh, one to two sentences summarizing all of the main points. And it, it, you know, I don't always just copy and paste that, but I'm like, man, that did a better job of synthesizing the information than I could have. Um, and so, so yeah, it's just such a powerful tool. Um, and when it comes to like, I, I love the the title of this with talking about embracing technology. Mm-hmm. And I th- feel like that's the same attitude we should take when thinking about AI is it's something that it's not going anywhere, you know, and whether you love it or hate it, um, it's here. And yeah. so um, our students are going to be using it, whether we like it or not. And so our teachers need need to be prepared for that reality. So mm-hmm. we might as well figure out what are the capabilities of AI tools. And I think, you know, this was something that you um, mentioned earlier, or maybe it was in the introduction video, um, capacity. You talked mm-hmm. about capacity. And right now, um, there's such a high number of teachers who are just burnt out because the job is getting more and more demanding. And I feel like AI tools are something that can really increase people's capacity Mm -hmm. um, and allow teachers and leaders to spend less time on certain tasks and spend more time on others that require a lot of creativity and collaboration, you know, and, and so it's just about where do you want to spend your energy? And I feel like AI tools can really 
make a difference in that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, so I have I have a couple AI tools I'd really love to share. Yeah. Um, if we have time for that. Yeah. Let's okay. do it. So these are tools who, that are really geared towards teachers. But I feel like if leaders know how to use them correctly and play around with them, then it can really reduce teacher burnout, increase their capacity. And um, I think, you know, this fall, especially teachers are going to be looking for that, like, hey, is it okay to use these things? And mm -hmm. which one should I use? You know, there's, there's every day I find a new AI tool for teachers, but I've got my, my top two favorites. Um, they are magicschool.ai. Magicschool.ai. Okay. And then the, the other one is EduAid, so E-D-U-A-I-D-E. Got it. EduAid.ai. Um, and so both of these tools are kind of like ChatGPT. It's using the same type of, um, you know, the same type of system, but it is much more user-friendly for teachers and it's already, it's made for teachers. Nice. And yeah, I believe they both are made for teachers by teachers, but I know EduAid, I actually talked to the, uh, the founders of, of that um, tool and they, they, one of them is a classroom teacher. I mean, so awesome. it's just, it's really cool to see. And there's things like um, writing really high quality, like depth of knowledge level for questions, mm -hmm. um, writing assessments like that. Those are tasks that take a ton of time. Yep. And um, if you can have a tool that helps you do that faster and and you can just be the person who is looking over it and saying like, yes, I think this is a great question. Of course, you have to check everything that AI gives you. It's not right. foolproof. Right. Um, but, you know, if leaders can model how to use these tools, you know, next year, I'm actually going to be the uh, curriculum director for a district. Oh, and nice. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm already thinking about, I'm like, man, we used to, the science team, like we used to sit there and spend sometimes 10 minutes trying to think of a really good DOK for yeah. question. Um, Cause the, the NGSS standards, you know, and common court, they're no joke. It's, mm -hmm. it's really, it's really those, those standards have a lot to them. And now I can have this tool generate questions for me. And then I just get to be the one who looks them over and I've also heard, as I've posted videos about these tools, I've heard people say things like, you know, I've, I've heard some really negative comments. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to repeat all of them here, but <laughs> yeah. basically, you know, pointing to the idea that teachers should be doing all of this themselves. And the reality is that, that that's never been an expectation for all teachers. Like all right. teachers are not supposed to write all of their assessments from scratch and right. in really well-funded districts they they have access to question banks mm -hmm. and and things like that that are just given to them and it's usually right. underfunded districts that actually have to come up with everything from scratch so i'm hoping that there some of these ai tools can really help bridge um the equity gap that mm -hmm. we have in our schools and again it's leaders showing showing teachers how to use these tools and thinking about you know if you're leading a curriculum development day. Yeah. Could you bring in one of these tools and absolutely blow teachers' minds, you know, yeah. and, and get them excited about, um, you know, really making the best use of their time and creating some really great things for, for our students. Right. So. 
And it makes me think too about where our strengths lie. Like some teachers are just, and people in general, I'm not just talking about teachers, but people in general, we each have our own like working geniuses. So some of us have just a natural gift for generating questions. And that like, that's one of my, one of my gifts. I'm a wonderer. I, I can generate questions just at the drop of a hat and I get a lot of fulfillment and energy out of it. But I know that that's not the same for other people. So um, some of the ladies I was working with this weekend, one of them said, I need to create some questions to ask people for testimonials for the vid videographer. Mm. And I said, well, I can do that. So in like two minutes, I had probably six or seven questions generated. And she said, you just came up with that like in two minutes. Well, yeah, because it's a natural gift for me. But there mm -hmm. are other things that are not so natural, like, for example, brainstorming analogies. I, for the life of me, I try to come up with really great analogies and metaphors. It's not my gift. So actually, my friend Alyssa, who commented earlier, Alyssa Landerno, she was um, someone that I reached out to and I said, hey, I need an analogy for X, Y, Z. And almost immediately she responded with a screenshot of what ChatGPT had said, had told her about possible analogies regarding, you know, this um, topic. And I was like, oh yeah, I could have, I could have gone to that. So I immediately went back to that and started looking through and then I was able to piece it all together. But it's so great to have something like that for people to go to specifically teachers and be able to generate things and brainstorm things without having to spend inadequate, like all of their time trying to mm -hmm. inadequately do that. So I yeah, love so much. I love that analogy idea. I have done that. I've done that too, to explain like how certain, like clearing your cash is a, is a troubleshooting tip that, um, you know, everyone should do, but most people yeah. don't understand why it's helpful. So I did, I did something similar and asked for like three different analogies. And I was like, so for leaders being able to have analogies and different yeah. ideas, you know, it's, it just is, it's powerful. Yeah. And I wonder, and I think this could be a generational thing, but I wonder how many of us feel um, a little bit like our pride is a little bit threatened by trying to tap into something like that. Like you said earlier, it almost feels like I'm cheating, you know, or I'm not utilizing my own capacity or my own intelligence, but there, there's a different kind of creative intelligence at play when you do try to utilize something like AI. Yeah. And I, and I do think we have to be cautious of it, you mm -hmm. know, and we still want to, you know, like if you have a friend who is really good at thinking of analogies, don't not reach out. You know, right. we still want to reach out to each other yes. um, and have that human connection piece. Yeah. Um, and so I think when, when you're thinking about the discussion of AI and, you know, just any ethics that are involved with it, I do think it's important to listen to everyone's ideas because mm -hmm. there's the camp of people who are like, you know, this is terrible. This is horrible. Don't ever use it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the opposite side where everyone's like, just dive right in. It's, it's the best thing ever. And yeah. the reality with most things in life. And I, I think in my opinion, you know, I feel like the reality here is that it's actually somewhere in the middle, Yeah. you know, and both sides have great points to make. Mm -hmm. And so I think listening, 
um, is really important here as yeah. well. And, and um, you know, when, when our students are using it in, in the fall, I think it's going to have to be a similar type of, of conversation and clarity is going to, you know, be clear with your expectations. Right. Um, and I think that that, that will be really helpful. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk about that for a second. If you, if you were going to coach a leader of teams that might be like questioning this in the fall, how would you suggest that they get started um, in the beginning of the school year? What would be a good first step, you think? I think that you first leaders should be familiar with the tools. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that it's good to try them out um, and see what their capabilities are. Um, I believe it is called, let me just double check, but I believe it's called the AI Classroom is mm. a book. Um, let me just check it out. Yes. The AI Classroom, The Ultimate Guide to Artificial Intelligence in Education. It's a really good book. Um, and it, it gives, you know, at the beginning, it kind of goes through the history of AI, but then it gives you prompts that you can try and use. Yeah. And so I would recommend just trying them out and seeing what they can do. And then think about the different ways that students might, well, think about why students might use AI mm -hmm. um, and brainstorm some of those ideas. You know, is it, I think that sometimes people might use AI because they don't feel like they can do it without it. Yeah. They don't feel like they can be successful at the task. Right. They might not find much value in mm -hmm. the task. Um, mm -hmm. Or they might just think that, you know, a lot of students have a lot of pressure. They feel like they have to get straight A's or, you know, they have to get that certain GPA. And so that might be one of the drivers. So think about the reasons why. And then also think about what are, what are the applications? Um, you can use AI to brainstorm. You can use AI to generate ideas and generate text, but you can also use it to revise. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm taking a class right now, actually. And so that this has been interesting to be like, I've really been trying to soak in the student experience and remember what it's like to be a student. And our instructor on day one said, um, you know, you can use ChatGPT to revise, but I don't want you to use it to generate anything. And that I appreciated that so much because I was like, okay, like I... I know what the expectations are. Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, I think, you know, having clear um, expectations and probably, you know, it's going to be different for everyone, but I do think teacher discretion is so important and giving yeah. the teacher some um, say in how students can use AI for each assignment, because mm. the, the reasoning might be really different depending on what the assignment or activity is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we start to wrap up, tell me, are there other tools that you, that are coming to mind for you that you really want to share about? Hmm. Let's see. Um, I mean, Canva is one of my favorite tech tools of all time mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> of at least the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's wow. like, um, one of my saved tabs and actually when I have the folder that when I click on the folder, everything opens that I use every single day. Canva is one of those things for sure. Yep. Um, and I just love that tool because it allows people to be really creative and mm -hmm. it allows people to design and um, you can make things look so professional, yep. you know, and 
think about how much time teachers put in to making their, you know, back to school, like open house presentations and their yeah. classroom decor and teachers spend a lot of time making that look nice because, um, they want, they want their students to be excited and they want, you know, it to be welcoming. And I think that leaders, uh, who are ready for that, like if you're a novice, you know, you don't need to jump into that right away. Like mm -hmm. I said, Google docs, Google slides, there's so much there, but if you're willing to push yourself a little more with Canva, you can really make some professional looking stuff. Um, and also you can, so if you are, um, I guess I don't know all the terms, but the Canva education account is basically uh -huh. like the pro account. Yeah. And if schools and leaders of schools get into that, you can set up a brand kit for your school, which has your exact colors, your logo, your fonts, and then you can create templates um, that any, you know, anyone in your organization can use. So for example, if you, you know, hire in a new person, and you have this really cool professional looking, you know, post for social media that's like, welcome to this, this yeah. new teacher. That goes a long way. Right. Um, and so I just think that with Canva, you can make things look really professional and cohesive. Um, and it also, you know, just the way when, when teachers spend all that time making something look nice, it shows the students that they cared and they put in the effort. I think the same goes for leaders. And when, so when leaders, you know, when teachers or people working, you know, for someone else, when they see that they put in all that time and effort, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I think so too. It's a lot about perception and how people perceive things. So we have to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, so someone's asking how you use Canva. So, and I'm assuming like it, what are the primary ways that you as an instructional leader use Canva? I love using it to create presentations, um, mm -hmm. but I also use it to create things for communication. So I almost, I almost consider them marketing materials and I, I do love marketing. Um, that's like a second passion of mine, but for example, with instructional coaching, um, we've created like a menu of services at this point that people can choose from. So you can use it to kind of communicate why teachers should try out this program or this tool or this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can use it in that way. And then like, um, like with Google Docs, how you can do timers and things like that. Canva presentations has the ability to add fancy little timers in there into your presentations with actually just the click of a button. Yeah. Um, if you're, do you use Canva presentations? I, everything I do is basically Canva. Like okay. this whole, the back screen that we have here right. with the Change Catalyst Conversations, Canva, my introduction video, Canva, like my newsletters, Canva. It's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Live. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could just press a number, you could press eight and an eight minute timer pops up. So for mm -hmm. those of you who haven't checked out Canva, I just think it's a great thing to explore. Um, and I would say communication and presentation are two, yeah. two really big things. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if you're going to bite off something like that, just like with Google, like any Google tool, just think about one way you want to use it because it can be overwhelming and you really do need to master just one thing that you're going to use it for. So if you're an instructional leader, I highly like recommend trying to figure out how to create presentations is super easy because there are so many templates that you can use, but also like if you wanted to do a newsletter, that's a really easy template too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you can take the guesswork out of like, where do I want everything to go? Because it gives you so many different templates that you don't really have to think about that if that's not your forte. And um, you can make, you know, if you're making a newsletter in Canva because of the templates, you can make it easily scannable, which, you know, so there's an accessibility piece too. When something looks nice, mm-hmm. it's great because we're like, ooh, I like how that looks. But there's yeah. also that aspect of, oh, there's all these headers and there's different boxes for each section and things like that go a long way. They really do. Yeah. And everything, like you can embed things too. Everything Mm -hmm. can be clickable. And that's one thing that I love about it also. I'll try to remember in the show notes, if you guys go over to like rewatch this or you want to see, if you want to look at the show notes, I will put some examples of things in the show notes from Canva that might be beneficial. And, okay. uh, sh- oh, sorry, nope. shame- shameless plug. I did just start a Canva for Teachers 101. Um, and it could be for Leaders 101, too. So okay. it is like, so it's for beginners uh, because okay. I know that a lot of videos out there are fast paced and, yes. and for more advanced users. So, yeah, awesome. Okay. We will put that in the show notes as well. Cool. Okay. Carly. Anything else that you want to share with us before we start to wrap up? And I'm going to say while you're thinking about that, guys, if you are here with us live, go ahead and put in the comments what was most useful for you here in this conversation. Um, and then, Carly, what what is uh, something you want them to take away? So I guess one last thing to keep in mind um, when thinking about using technology and going back to like that value cost analysis, we don't want to lose human connection Mm -hmm. in our teams. And so I just urge people to think about when they're using technology, it's not just, it shouldn't be just for technology's sake, you know, to say that you use tech. Um, And sometimes, you know, yeah, you could have a jam board with just everyone's sticky note ideas there, but what is that taking away if people, you know, maybe people need to be standing up in groups talking, you know, with a big piece of chart paper and markers. And so just, it's all about balance and like anything, technology can be overused. So I guess just keep that in mind um, when, when making that decision. Yeah. I love, uh, so I, I'm assuming your name is CG, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry if I m- mispronounced it, but using AI to revise or generate questions, still trying to embrace that it's not cheating. And I think mm-hmm. it is a hard thing for a lot of people to embrace. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Megan said, use technology you were all, already using like Google Suites. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stick with what you know and don't feel like you have to branch out and try something new for the sake of trying something new. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, Carly, I am so glad that you came on. I think I've been thinking like, what is it that I'm going to do leaving this conversation? And because I work so much with teams, I am absolutely going to use some more features. I love Google. I'm going to use some more features in Google Docs to um, do some pre-work before going into the meeting. And I'm really interested to see how it works out. I will definitely let you know. Okay, guys. um, Carly, where can they find you before we get off? Um, You can find me at Coach Carly on most social media platforms. So I'm on TikTok and Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I'm probably, I'm starting a Facebook page soon as well. So I'm trying to kind of be everywhere for people. Um, But yeah, you can find me at that handle on all places. So and guys, listen, you follow her on those on all of those platforms, because I'm watching all of her videos and learning something new all the time. So it's fantastic. 
Okay. We'll catch you guys um, next time. Bye, everybody. Hey, guys, I want to give a huge shout out to you for tuning into today's Change Catalyst conversation. I would love for you to do me two solid favors. Number one, if you have enjoyed this or any other Change Catalyst conversation, do me a favor and hit subscribe. I've got a lot of great content and guests coming up, and I don't want you to miss any of it. Number two, if you are thinking of a friend or colleague who could benefit from this show, share it with them. The only way to make change happen is through a multiplier effect. And you can be a multiplier by sharing this show. Until next time, I want you to go off and do the great things that change catalysts do.